0: Hey, I'm Brian Hyatt. and This is Rolling Stone Music Now. We're coming at you remotely once again. I really hope that you are safe and healthy out there. I hope you're staying home to help other people stay safe and healthy. It's really the most important thing we can do right now. Today's going to be a little bit of a different show. I think we're all facing some hard facts right now. And at the same time, we're all looking for a little bit of comfort. We're looking for a little bit of hope working for a little bit of solace. And for a lot of us, that means turning to the same place we always turn, which is the music we love. So it seemed like a good time to talk about that. We have a bunch of Rolling Stone staffers joining in. Brittany Spanos and Rob Sheffield will be joining me to talk about it. And we also have some messages from some really special guests. For instance... You may recognize this person who was nice enough to record something for us and for her fans.
1: Hey, it's Taylor Swift. And um, during this time, I'm definitely turning to sort of musical nostalgia to find comfort. And some of the artists I've been listening to are the female songwriters that I would listen to just obsessively while I was in my formative years walking down the hallways at school, listening to these songs on my Walkman. Um, and then, you know, driving down the road when I first got my license in Nashville, I would just blast these songs over and over again, just kind of songs that evoke a memory of me playing these songs, like hundreds of times. And, um, yeah, I, I actually made a playlist of these songs and put them on Spotify for Women's History Month. So if you want to listen to the songs I'm listening to right now, you you can. And I hope that everybody out there is just kind of finding comfort in whatever way they can. And I'm just sending you my best and sending you my prayers. And uh yeah, but that's uh, that's that's my playlist currently.
0: So that was a nice voice to hear right now. And thanks so much to Taylor for that. On a very different note, let's go to Corey Groh a senior writer for Rolling Stone.
2: I don't typically listen to music during times of crisis because of times of crisis. Uh, I typically listen to music about whatever I'm working on, and most recently I've been writing a profile of a cult guitar hero named Roland S. Howard who was in the birthday party. So mostly I've been listening to songs like Sleep Alone, which is kind of this gorgeously apocalyptic kind of dusky meditation. But there have been two songs since the coronavirus pandemic that have been popping into my head that are sort of comforting. And that's because they're funny. And the one that I want to shout out first is The Police's When the World is Running Down, You Make the Best of What's Still Around. And the title sort of says it all, and it's just sort of as one of these songs that's been running in the back of my head for weeks now, from time to time. And uh, when I looked at the lyrics to the song, there were some funny things in there because it's, you know, unlike most Sting Police songs, he is writing about hope in some ways and he's got a sense of humor. I mean, he's always had a sense of humor, but it's uh, the sense of humor with the hope that makes this one stand out. But he, he talks about how he's living in this post apocalyptic wasteland. And uh, the way he's getting through it, he's watching a VCR, he's watching a tape on his VCR of James Brown on The Tammy Show. And if you've never seen James Brown on The Tammy Show, you should definitely look that up, because that will put a smile on your face. The only tape he has to listen to in this post-apocalyptic landscape is Otis Redding. If you are feeling down, there's nothing better than playing some Otis Redding. And uh, he's got a few other tips in there that are kind of interesting. The only thing he really seems to complain about is that he hates his food, but it was sort of a fun way to think about things maybe aren't so bad all the time. Um, So between the song having a positive impact and the fact that there's this James Brown and Otis Redding thing in there, I like that. The other song that's been popping into my head from time to time is The Talking Heads' Nothing But Flowers. And I've always liked that song because, again, it just has this sense of humor about this post-apocalyptic world. You know, David Byrne is singing about how the world has Dilapidated so quickly that nobody noticed, and now there's nothing but flowers. You know, some of the lyrics are There was a factory, now there are mountains and rivers. We caught a rattlesnake, now we've got something for dinner. Um, later on, he sings There was a pizza hut, now it's all covered with daisies. And then he sings I miss the honky tonks, Dairy Queens, and 7 Elevens. And, you know, it's one of these things that when you're sitting at home, even though you might have all of the things that you need, including James Brown and Otis Redding and all, It puts things in perspective, and that's why I like it. Anyway, I hope everyone stays safe and healthy.
0: So we also got some written answers from some of our favorite artists, and I want to read some of those to you. So Kesha gave us a whole playlist. These are her words now. T-Rex, the slider, but also any T-Rex record. If this is the end of times, then I want to have Mark Boland sing me through it with his whimsical, wobbly voice. Deuter, silence is the answer. He's a German new age musician, and his records from the 70s are quite evil yet peaceful sounding. I like to listen to him while I'm having a bubble bath. Black Lips, sing in a world that's falling apart. A pretty apropos title, the record is great and fun. They're friends of mine, and I love this new record. We uh, We have a collaboration coming out sometime was record store day, but I believe that got postponed. Alice Coltrane. Journey in Sacha Danananda I'm not sure if I got that right, I'll be honest with you. Journey in Satchidananda. I'm leaving me in screwing that up just to entertain you all. Grounding beautiful music for any time, all the time. Deanna Carter. Did I shave my legs for this? 90s country makes me feel like we're all gonna be all right. And also like, damn. I'm not shaving my legs for a while, huh? And Kesha also offered some words for her fans, which I'll also share. This time is weird as shit, but we will all get through it together. It's part of what she said. And we heard from Gene Simmons, who's staying at home with his wife, occasionally hiking in the Santa Monica Mountains, while maintaining social distance, of course. And he said that mostly I turn to music that has a tug of the heart. Crazy by Patsy Klein. I Can't Stop Loving You by Ray Charles. Stuff like that. And he reminds everyone to stay at home. The only way is the lonely way, he said. And we also heard from Paul Stanley of KISS, who's listening to a lot of Motown and Philly Soul, Tom Bell and Linda Creed, Gamble and Huff, Holland Dozier Holland, who, by the way, were guests on a recent episode of Rolling Stone Music Now, Norman Whitfield, and, of course, classic rock. And Pete Wentz of Fall Out Boy. He's into comfort music right now, obviously. And he mentioned Mazzy Stars Fade Into You. And now we're lucky enough to hear from Matt Bernier, frontman of The National.
3: This is Matt Bernier. I've been spending my time in social distance, doing a lot of writing, but also just listening to a lot of old music, um, just mostly comfort music and old books and you know art books and just, just absorbing as much art that I, that I, you know, uh, hadn't before, hadn't in a long time, and, and old records like, that I used to love, Willie Nelson and, and Dolly Parton and Cowboy Junkies and old punk like Minutemen and Rancid and Social Distortion, things like that, and just just anything that is... That is uh makes me sort of feel just like connected to people working out abstract problems, and, and that's what I think art is. I think the purpose of art is to try to express stuff about, express somehow abstract, unexpressible, you know, tensions or anxieties or feelings or desires. And, um, and so this is a perfect time for that because there's so many unexpressible, you know, or or the chaos and the stress is hard to get your head around. And so I just write, 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 whatever it is I'm writing, no solutions, just write, write whatever's going on and just listen to stuff and, and, and take in things and, and feel comfort in, in art. Um, art has always been the thing that when it, when there is no solution or there is no real, you know, tangible, actionable answer to something. I, I've tried to write a song about it or, or read a book and find empathy through other artists. And artists are always looking for answers to things that are too hard to answer in in the normal way. So you have to make something abstract to, to get close to, to an answer or to get close to a just a feeling that you're trying to 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 express whether that has an answer in it or not it's just a feeling that needs to come out so yeah i i art does that for me so i've been writing like crazy and it's been helping and i've been listening to to music like like crazy and um and um just taking that in i've also been spending a lot of time lucky enough to have a trampoline and 11 and an 11 year old so in between trampoline sessions and her online school stuff i'm able to uh get a little bit of time to kind of be normal and do what I do and and also uh, you know artists and musicians are all looking for new creative ways to keep the lights on and 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 um so I'm doing that too and and you know but there are so many people connected to to what we 're doing our crew and, and all the promoters and all the people involved and we 're trying to figure out how to support them by you know giving our you know selling merch and proceeds going to to our crew and all that stuff and I think this is providing people with creative new ways to create you know or that makes doesn't make sense but just new ways of figuring out how to do what they do outside maybe the 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 model or the trajectory that they that we were on before and you know that wasn't always the best trajectory anyway and so uh you know regrouping and and you know just recalibrating your compass is really healthy every once in a while and so i think that's what, what there's an opportunity to do that now so, um yeah, good luck everybody and um and hopefully that you know, everyone will be back and going to see rock shows soon. All the musicians and writers I, I know have been sending me lots and lots of new music and I've everybody's just making a lot lots of new art. And so I think at the end of all this there's gonna be a lot of incredible, credible every every phase of art, every realm of art and painting, visual art and dance and everything. I just think there's gonna be um, new ideas coming out of this time of reflection, and and really good, good. There always is. There's always great art out of great um, stress and um, or whatever it is we're in, and and the re- there's a reason for that because it does something. I think it does help. I think it really has a tangible uh, healing effect on on a lot of people because right? I know it does on me. So I'm optimistic that um, this will be a turn into a. Something that that a lot of good comes out of.
0: Matt, thanks so much for taking the time to do that. Next, let's hear from Brenna Ehrlich, who is Rolling Stone's news editor.
4: Hey there, this is Brenna Ehrlich. I'm the news editor at Rolling Stone. My comfort music has always been XTC's Wasp Star Apple Venus Volume 2, which I discovered in high school. After 9-11, driving to school with my mom, we would blast that record and, and sing along to all the songs at the top of our lungs, I got into my first car accident listening to that uh, record as well, Um, and it's carried me through a lot of years. Um, So yeah, anytime things seem like they're going badly or things seem dark, I listen to that record. And I know it's not XTC's most popular record or most critically acclaimed record, but it was the album that got me into them and into a lot of other music that has later contributed to my job here at Rolling Stone. Um, So I recommend that record, and specifically The Man Who Murdered Love. It's a great song to blast whether you're driving around in the car with your mom or you're stuck at home.
0: Let's go straight to Hank Steemer, Senior Music Editor for Rolling Stone.
2: Hi, this is Hank Steamer, Senior Music Editor, and since last week I've been listening to a whole lot of Ulcerate, and they're a death metal band from New Zealand, and they have a really dense and complex and aggressive sound, but in, in a way it's also really beautiful and almost meditative. They have these guitars that sort of billow out over the drums like huge tapestries, and they create this strangely soothing effect. And after a while listening to it, it almost starts to feel like you're looking at one of those Mark Rothko paintings made up only of shades of gray and black. Um, this isn't going to be everyone's cup of tea, but I've really been enjoying getting lost in this stuff, especially their album Shrines of Paralysis and Vermis and the single they put out from their new upcoming record, Stare Into Death and Be Still. And uh, if you're so inclined, check them out on Bandcamp. It's ulcerate, U-L-C-E-R-A-T-E dot bandcamp.com. All right. Thanks.
0: Let's hear one more voice from Rolling Stone. This is Samantha Hisong, who's a staff writer.
5: This is Samantha Hisong. I'm a staff writer at Rolling Stone. In grappling with this isolation, I have found that there's a certain solidarity that comes from listening to an album that was created almost entirely in isolation itself. In this case, I'm talking about Bon Iver's For Emma, Forever Ago, which is his debut studio album and one of my favorites of all time. For those who don't know, Bon Iver, although spelled differently, translates to Good Winter in French. Justin Vernon, the man behind the pseudonym, was sick, bedridden, and watching the TV show Northern Exposure. In one episode, the characters go outside to greet the first snow, and they say, Bon Iver. It stuck. He parted ways with a band full of guys he'd grown up with. It wasn't easy to walk away, but they'd grown apart. He'd left an old romantic relationship behind, and he ended up escaping to his father's remote cabin in Wisconsin, where he holed up for the winter months. To take experiences that most people associate with boredom and struggle, in this case, sickness, separation, and isolation, and find the good that comes from self exploration, self appreciation, and meditation is charming. A lot of fans and critics have called this album melancholic, but truthfully, it doesn't make me sad at all. I'd like to think that an artistic project can touch on and be inspired by experiences of sadness without being sad in itself. To me, for Emma, is a prime example of that. I see it as a journey through sadness, and therefore it's about overcoming. And by that logic, it's actually quite uplifting if you think about it.
0: Here's one more recording made for us by another really special guest. She's down in Nashville. Let's hear what she had to say.
6: Hey, it's Cheryl Crow, and I am home uh, quarantining with my two boys. And it's been a really interesting time. We've spent all of our time together finding things to do. Um, Nashville's been really rainy, but we did adopt six baby chicks. And now that the sun's come out, the boys are building a chicken coop. And we're just really trying to stay busy doing project kind of things. We're in virtual school. Um, But it's been a real opportunity, actually, to just spend time with each other and to not always be looking towards when we leave again on a tour. Music-wise, I've really been utilizing Spotify and playing all kinds of music from... Um, The Beatles to Stevie Wonder, um, Aretha Franklin, even classical music, really music that I heard growing up in my household when I was young. And it's been awesome uh, for my kids to just be exposed to to great music without really even realizing it. Um, It's just all really good music. So I'm I'm really gravitating to stuff I grew up with in the 70s and music that was always in our household from Chopin and Beethoven to... Uh, the Temptations and uh, The Beatles and Crosby, Steels and Nash. Just great music uh, from when I was a kid. So we're keeping it real around here and staying busy and staying positive and um, just enjoying life.
0: And thanks so much to Cheryl Crow for that. It's really comforting to hear familiar voices right now. Let's go straight to Jason Fine, who is Rolling Stone's editor.
7: When the coronavirus was first approaching uh, New York and we all began working from home and I spent a lot of time alone in my apartment in Brooklyn and I found myself uh, listening a lot to these very sort of intense, uh, rhythmic, kind of dystopic New York feeling uh, albums. Um, The Talking Heads Remain in Light and The Talking Heads Fear of Music were playing over and over for me. Um, LCD Sound System was playing a lot. Devo, Craftwork, things like that that felt sort of, I don't know, insistent, mechanical, kind of intense rhythmic records. And then as the days have gone on, I've found myself feeling a little differently about music. I remember um, four or five mornings ago, I put on uh, the John Coltrane record Impressions, which is these sort of really spacious, wide open recordings from 1963 that I've always loved and just felt very comforting and open to me. Maybe it's something to do with sort of how isolated and alone I've been feeling, we've all been feeling, um, but I've sort of been drawn to these sort of wide open and, and, and spacious sounding records. Um, playing a lot for me over the past few days have been Tame Impala. Um I've been listening to a lot of Yola Tango. This morning I went out for a walk and had my headphones on and, and the spoon song came on. I saw the light and there's this sort of breakdown in the middle of the song that just goes into this wide open nothingness and um just sort of that openness, um that 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 feeling of sort of diffuse um freedom I guess is really uh appealing right now.
8: Never be
0: And we had one more really special guest, someone I'm incredibly happy that we could have on the show. From a conversation I had on the phone with her really late the other night, here's Stevie Nicks talking about the glories of Harry Styles' fine line.
8: I'm glad you asked that question because I wasn't going to like bring it up Mm from the treadmill thing Um, because I already put a little post out myself and said you you know
0: Harry Styles (laughs) and it's
8: like you know I mean I don't know if you've actually really listened to this record it's
0: a great record
8: but it is maybe like I, I go like I go I listen to it probably twice every single night. I put it on late at night when I'm getting ready for bed and I have my two hour regime, I listen to it. And every night that I listen to it, I find something new that I love about it. Or I listen to the drum parts in a certain song and I go like, God, it sounds so much like Mick. If I didn't know Mick didn't do that, I would be sure he did. Mm. And I go like, that's Crosby, Stills, and Nash. And then I'll go like, the Beatles live. It's like, I, and if I was Ringo and Paul McCartney, I would be so proud because it's not like he like ripped anything off from them, because he didn't. What he did was he was just so inspired by them that you feel it and you hear it in just the, the way they, um, the way they uh, produced and arranged these songs. I haven't heard such amazing playing in a really long time. And this record for me, and Harry will read this, and I know he's going (laughs) to call and say, like, so am I going to just hire you as my agent or what? (laughs) Um, To me, it's like, it's the same way I felt the summer of Crosby, Stills, and Nash. Wow. Where I listened to nothing but Crosby, Stills, and Nash for six months. And then it's the same way I felt when Joni Mitchell's Court and Spark came out i listened to nothing but Court Spark for six months. <laughs> and Lindsay used to say to me, like, um, I'd be singing, you know, like, it's the same situation. And Lindsay would just look at me and go, don't you know anything else? <laughs> and I'd go like, no, actually, I don't. I'm living in my head. I'm living in Joni Mitchell's head, actually. Mm. And what she's saying is what is important to me now. And so H's songs are... To me, like I've been through, he's he's recounting a lot of experiences that I had in my own life, mm. beautifully, and um, making me remember stuff and bringing back memories that I really didn't love and memories that I did love. And I think the first time that at his house that I heard him say, you know, all the lights don't turn off the dark, it's like running through my heart. That's, that's like all those lights on that stage and all that self-gratification that we get and mm. adulation and applause when we walk on the stage. And Harry and I have walked on the stage and gotten that adulation and love and applause together. And it's like, I call him, I say, so he's like Superman and I'm like Wonder Woman, but underneath it all, mm-hmm. we're just Harry and Stevie. Yeah. And... It's true that all those lights don't turn out the dark that's running through our hearts, the things that are wrong in our lives and the sadness that we have in our lives. because our lives are so crazy and don't belong to us at all. Yeah. And he's only 25 or 26 years old. So for me to hear a record made by somebody in his mid-20s that says a lot of things that I haven't got around to saying yet hmm. blows my mind. And I don't, I don't, you know, it's like, unlike, unlike his mom, whom I also know and adore, I don't want a, the world to think like, oh my God, she just can't shut up about it. She's just gushing, <laughs> gushing, gushing. But the fact is, is that it doesn't have, there comes a point where it doesn't matter that it's Harry. It just matters that what I'm listening to is really affecting me. Yeah. And it makes me feel good. Last night, I mean, good example, last night was a long day of news and a long day of listening to the president and a long day of just going like, well, we might as well just throw in the towel. And I came up to my room and I just, I just put on fine line and I started listening to Golden, which I always think, you know, he's telling me that I'm golden and I appreciate that. And then I go through the record, and by the time it gets, it's like it starts out with that and his sadness about whatever he's sad about, and then it goes to the middle where he's dealing with it. And then by the end, when it gets to fine line, it's like all the tears in the world have fallen, and he's gonna have to move on. And it, that's how it affects me. And all of a sudden, I am, even in my tiredness, I'm floating from room to room. Yeah. And I'm blasting the record so that everybody else in the house is listening to it too. And I don't care. It's like, it makes me happy and it makes me feel, you know, it makes me feel romance and it makes me feel that kind of sad romance and and that those butterflies that you get when you fall in love with somebody, it makes me feel all of that. And like, I don't care, I want that. Yeah, yeah. And I think if it can, I called my brother and told him, you gotta buy, you, you gotta buy this record. And you've got to turn it up, smoke a joint, turn it up and like listen to it as loud as you can and listen to the words and listen to the production, listen to the parts that these musicians are playing. And, you know, it's, it's magical and it will throw a magical net around you and maybe it's protective right now. Yeah. And Harry's locked up in, in London, you know? Yeah. So I, I'm... You know, he dropped us a note saying, how are you girls doing? And, you know, and we're like, well, you know, probably about the same as you are. It's like, you know, when is this going to be
3: over?
0: Now we have two other beloved Rolling Stone staffers, Brittany Spanos and Rob Sheffield. Hey all, how are you in this world of hell? (laughs) Yes. So what are you two turning to now in these insane times and what, what kind of music do you generally turn to when you really need some comfort?
9: Um, I would say that I I tend to go for more upbeat music when I'm really... I feel like I've, the feelings I've had over the last couple of weeks have been really high stress, high anxiety, um, a lot of grief, just a lot of general sadness. And so I think kind of reverting to a lot of upbeat music that I've loved in the past, I've gone to like a lot of pop punk. I've been listening to like a lot of like Fall Out Boys from under the cork tree because it's just very comforting for me and a lot of dance music because I've been watching a lot of the Diplo's, like Diplo's IG live DJ sax. So I've been listening to a lot of him and like <laughs> just disco music, like things that like put me in a really good mood. I find to be a lot more comforting than to like listen to like music that is kind of like scientifically built to be comforting. Um, Hmm. But yeah, things that just remind me of being in crowds. (laughs) It's really nice. (laughs) I I
0: like the idea that the nation is turning its lonely eyes to Diplo.
9: (laughs) I mean, Diplo is really the voice of, of this pandemic for me.
0: (laughs) Intriguing. Have you, have you watched any of the other IG lives, uh, like Quest Loves or D-Nice?
9: Yeah. I watched Quest Loves a little bit. I watched, um, parts of the nine hour D-Nice sets, um, which were really good. And yeah, I think like diplos are like the exact level of energy that I need. Like a lot of just like super 2014 ish EDM, um, (laughs) which is very comforting for me. (laughs) Well, it's weird because relaxing
0: all the lyrics (laughs) weren't all the lyrics of 2014 EDM sort of like, this is our night. We're young. We may not have many other nights, but this is our night. Super,
9: (laughs) super apocalyptic dance music. Um, yeah i i just i like the sound to be super big and just again like reminded me of crowds like when i listen to it i think of like 2014 going to edc stuff like that very comforting feelings for me that i i miss
0: i don't know Brittany, maybe this is your chance to get into bob dylan i think this is your time
9: <laughs> this is <isn't>, there's <laughs> never a time for me to get into bob dylan i'm sorry <laughs> this is especially not it
0: <laughs> how bad do things have to get before we can get you into bob dylan that's the question
9: <laughs> i i can't i don't want to even think of that <laughs>
10: literally all, right, you know what? all I'm other th- music is wiped out <laughs>
9: Yeah, literally, like all just uh, the entire history of dance music disappears, and I can't. I don't know. That's maybe it.
0: Uh, You know what? I'm going to take that as a positive and hopeful sign. As as rough (laughs) as things are out there, it's not rough enough that. Brittany is like, you know what, A heart rate is going to fall is actually now speaking to me. I'm I'm so glad that that we're not there yet, actually.
9: That's the point when we need to lose hope. It's like Brittany is listening to Bob Dylan in a a time of crisis. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Well, I think your strategy is good. You also mentioned that you were watching, I know you're doing a lot of movie watching, and you watched uh, That Thing You Do, which is, I think, a, a really great a musical movie choice for uh, for a a little bit of uplift. Tell me about your impressions of that. It was the first time you've seen it.
9: Oh, I love that. I mean, that entire soundtrack is so good. It was just such a lovely movie. And I think, like, I, I didn't realize... I didn't really know what it was about other than that it's about a fictional band. Like, The Wonders, One Hit Wonder, you know, all that stuff. But I, like... It was just very soothing to watch a movie that, like, has some drama, but it's, like, not, like... Over the top. I kept expecting—I don't know why—but I was expecting Tom Hanks' character to be kind of a villain. They ended up not being a villain, which obviously, like, it's Tom Hanks. I don't know why I was expecting that, (laughs) but it was just like it was a very soothing movie. The songs are delightful. I—I mean, again, like I go back to a lot of stuff that like I like when I was younger, and so a lot of that kind of like golden oldies type of like one-hit wonder '60s sound is something that I listen to a lot. So upbeat, fancy. Reminds me again of being in crowds It's very nice
0: The fact that you watched that movie made me realize that The the Jonas Brothers really need to cover The title song of uh, That Thing You Do I'm waiting They would kill it, they would destroy it
9: I will wait the rest of my life for that to happen.
0: <laughs> we have we I'll have to start h-
9: tweeting Joe Jonas right after this.
0: We have to hook that up. Uh, which reminds me, <laughs> ap- apropos of literally nothing, but just since I was talking to Stevie Nicks, so I, when I talked to her, I asked her one thing that I never got around to asking her, which is the legend that Bruce Springsteen's "Janie, Don't You Lose Heart," which happens to be a very uplifting song for anyone who's feeling sad. So I guess it's actually more on topic than I could have possibly imagined. That's a a really beautiful song. Uh, written specifically for that, like literally, you know, don't feel so bad, you know, kind of hey Jude kind of thing. But the legend had it, and, and actually not just legend, people around Bruce told me that Bruce or, or people around him had tried to get that song to Stevie Nicks to record. But I never asked her about it. and I never really seen her talk about it. So <laughs> the other night, since we were having this kind of loose late night chat, I said, hey, Stevie, what about this song? And uh, she <laughs> She she had no idea what I was talking about. She has never <laughs> she never heard the song um and has some uh, turns out complex feelings about Bruce Springsteen, but that's another story. So, um but for the record, I have sent that Bro, song you. no Stevie's way are you way. getting out of that one. You can't
9: you can't just Yeah. <laughs> yeah go uh, back. Uh,
0: uh so so she feels that uh Bruce like when she met him a couple times, you know, at the kind of things where Stevie Nicks would meet Bruce Springsteen like hall of fame things, she felt that like he didn't he wasn't like excited to see her, that he didn't really acknowledge her, and that that wow. under, understandably, understandably, uh, kind of hurt her feelings. And so she isn't like super hot on Bruce Springsteen. That said, you know, then maybe he just was got of confused yeah. with
10: Little Steven since they have such similar <laughs> fashion sense.
0: It, it could be. He just he just saw scarves and he's like, "No, Steve, you can't join the band again." It was exactly, like, accurate. but exactly. it, it, yeah, but, but 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 yeah. So that was you know. So that was actually kind of a bummer to hear. But also, so she was like. She was like, Yeah, but that said, I, I don't remember that. I mean, she she kind of admitted she might not have looked favorably on a song submitted by him because of that, but also seemed kind of intrigued. So long story short, I have sent her this song. <laughs> so so and she has a lot of free time. So I'm kinda of hoping that, that you know, it's sort of like finding out that a rock and roll legend isn't isn't true, but but then trying to make it true. So anyway, yeah. that that's one way I'm uplifting myself. But but Rob, <laughs> what what are you listening to? What are you thinking?
10: A Lot of motorhead these days. Really? Yeah, a lot of motor. I kind of feel like this wouldn't be happening if Lemmy was still around.
8: <laughs>
10: Things like this did not happen when Lemmy sure. was around. Yeah, a lot of, a lot of uh, uh, loud, obnoxious music. Uh, it's funny, like uh, a lot of live albums, um, live albums that are not even necessarily the most exciting live albums, but just going cold turkey from live shows and live audiences. Uh, yeah. I find... Listening to live albums that I've listened to a million times, you know, like, you know, all the times like when you listen to Frampton comes alive and you hear the audience really screaming, and it's like, oh, somebody must have had a beach ball or something, just, you know, like, you can't hear what everybody's (laughs) getting so excited about, but like, all the live album moments that I find myself drawn to, just something about the sound of a crowd making noise is uh, very cathartic these days.
0: That's really interesting and and yeah, Rob, I was going to ask you about that uh, you you've been busy writing a, a big story for us, but you are a, a very frequent concert goer. Uh, it's a huge part of your life, and that part of your life has for now been ripped away. And I don't want to even treat that lightly i'm I'm sure it's a, a really intense thing. Uh, what? What is that like for you, and 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 how are you, besides listening to live albums, which is kind of a, a genius strategy, how, how are you adapting to it?
10: You know, I, it, it's funny you ask. I'm, I have these rituals now where basically uh, every day I make a point of listening to who I was going to see that night. So, for instance, wow. all day I've been listening to Palehound, an adult mom, because a month ago when we were in a completely different time-space continuum, uh, that's, that's what I was going to be doing tonight on, on March 26th. I was going to be at Bowery seeing Pale Hound with, with the adult mom. So I just, I listen every day to somebody who would be playing that day. Uh, and not necessarily like I'm trying to, you know, vicariously recreate the concert in my imagination, but just to sort of, to participate in the ongoing live stream of music.
0: Yeah. That's, that's intense. Who, like who else? What are the other shows?
10: Well, okay. Um, This didn't work so well with Morrissey, Uh, like (laughs) the the Morrissey show that was canceled the weekend before last, but uh, listening to a lot of um, 70s, Richard Thompson and Fairport convention and Sandy Denny, a lot of that stuff, uh, a lot of that sort of plague years kind of, you know, Celtic folk, early 70s folk rock, psychedelic, but also proto punk in many ways. Those Richard Thompson albums really uh, extremely hit home. Something about the sort of Celtic medieval doomy droniness of it is, is just very mm. powerful, cathartic these days.
0: Well, I've been turning to, I've been trying to find stuff that, that makes me feel better. It's, it can be hard. Uh, I was already in a huge Neil Young phase, like just relentless for the last uh, few months at least. And I, And I think Neil's about to announce something that uh, that that will be uh, comforting for everyone, a a release that I I can't mention. But, uh, you know, I've I've been listening to you are such a tease uh, today, Brian. (laughs)
10: <laughs> I, I, I don't want to break. A, I, I, I
0: don't want right. to. I don't, don't want to break an embargo. I can I, tell you. Uh, I, I, off I, the isolation
10: air. is bringing out the the, the, the teasiness. <laughs> Yes, it's his collaboration <laughs> album with Bruce Springsteen and Stevie Nicks. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the world, the world couldn't take that. Uh, but, but but yeah, I mean you know I, I've been listening to uh, Neil's uh, first two solo albums. In fact, I went to his first solo album, the self-titled one, which. In my whole life i never spent much time listening to because i always felt it's kind of like a you know a a curiosity almost you know kind of like a misfire and actually i don't want to get too deep in this because we might do we might do a, might do a, a neil young uh, deep dive but i just kind of felt it was sort of like an anomaly and i never really got too heavy into the the self-titled album it's so arranged and produced and and, and neil was kind of just learning to sing and so i always thought it was more fascinating than good but There's something about it, especially in its like hippie datedness uh, that really spoke to me. And that led me also to uh, listen to Buffalo Springfield again a million times. And I think there's something about everything about that, that I might not usually like, which is sort of the way that it hasn't aged as well as perhaps some other sixties music. And there's a little bit of like hippie dippiness to it. And it's just like a little, like it's stuck in his time and the way that other stuff isn't, that's exactly what, <laughs> what, what appealed to me, uh, right now. Cause it felt so removed from the, the current moment. Like it, it just actually tra- literally transporting. Cause it, it feels like you're, you're in another place. And that's, uh, you know, and I, I've also listened to to some stuff from like my high school years, just that I usually wouldn't listen to, just just to kind of like ground me a, l- a little bit. And uh, I think I put on a, a Ice T album from '91, uh, <laughs> and just generally anything that that kind of places you in a time and space that's that's not now, I found cathartic. And and just to just to torture Britney, uh, I, I really did listen to. I without listening to it, some songs have come to me unbidden. I'm sure that's true for for you two as well. Like I don't have to listen to them; they just come. And uh, I, I like if I was going to listen to Bob Dylan, it usually would not be like the early solo acoustic stuff, which is just stuff like I I love, but just as, I, you know as a record, it's not usually what I put on. But not to be too dark, but it's a hard rain's going to fall was just in my head and felt true and real and it didn't feel like comfort i i think i tweeted this it felt like truth and i also just needed some truth you know and and so i i listened to that and some other really doomy shit and that that weirdly helped as well <laughs> what else rob i yeah, know you've a been lot of to a lot more. of well, like, <laughs>
10: like mentioned like hippie stuff but that's definitely something about the the tribalness of it is very um very comforting. Look, I I don't know if you remember a '70s movie called The Omega Man.
0: Oh wow, we were just talking about that on uh, on Slack. Yeah, go on. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it,
10: it's well, it's basically it's about real life now. But basically, there's a a <laughs> a, a, a plague that wipes out uh, L.A. and he's the only person left in L.A. is Charlton Heston, and uh, he goes to this movie theater that in in the middle of the apocalypse, just you know, like this movie theater was in the middle of showing the Woodstock movie. So he just goes and he sits by himself in the afternoon, reciting all the stage announcements and all the stage banter along with the Woodstock movie, just watches it over and over again. And it's funny that like, I've, I've, I feel like I have finally like totally reached that because I've, I've listened to the entire Grateful Dead spring 77 tour. And <laughs> normally I'm, I'm not so into 77 as a dead year, um, but I've, I've definitely seen the light uh, and I normally normally I'm a I'm a one drummer dead guy but so I, I, so for me the entire 77 78 tours are uh, are terra incognita
0: but but in this emergency you've broken the glass and unleashed the second absolutely.
10: Drummer. now I get absolutely furious when there's a version of Scarlet Begonia's fire in the mountain that lasts less than 35 minutes I'm like come on guys this is this is what we're singing about where this is what we've been waiting for but something about like those tribal, you know, th- the tribal moments. I, f- I find that hippie stuff in general is very, um, you know, Led Zeppelin three is very cathartic. Uh, and, and Ooh, good you, idea. Which you mentioned about, like, you know, hard rains are gonna fall. It's, you know, in some ways it's a doomy song, but also it's a song about witnessing something bleak and moving on and telling other people about mm. what you've witnessed. And I think that's why, you know, I've really kind of gravitated to those Fairport Convention records as well that i'm very uh these days very attracted to music that looks at something dark and uh and keeps moving yeah
0: well the the very implication is that perhaps the uh the singer has has actually survived something dark and so they can sing about it so there's something cheerful <laughs> about that Yeah, you know hard uh, are gonna follow a song
10: in future tense you know like he's where is he going now it's he's he's still moving he's still on his journey i'm sorry Brittany, I'm 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 not trying to upsell you on, on the early Dylan. I think if you if you start with Dylan, you should probably start with John Wesley Harding, not the early folky stuff, but
0: yeah. we should we should do a show where we just desperately throw Dylan ideas out at Brittany and she's like nope 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 just, just like how about this how about that uh how-
9: I've read his memoir I've I've listened to some of it I've seen the Victoria's Secret commercial I'm good this
0: this has been this has been an episode of of Rob Rob and Brian Mansplain Bob Dylan to Brittany we, we, we all enjoy that. actually similarly if during this crisis, I get really into the Grateful Dead. It's the same thing with Britney and Dylan. Then you'll really know <laughs> shit is going down.
9: If and I... like two weeks from now, I'm going to be like, <laughs> Dylan deep cuts on repeat.
10: Exactly. <laughs> I, I, yes. Two, 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 weeks. We'll meet you meet you here same time, same channel two weeks from now, where Britney will narrate <laughs> lot, John Wesley Harding, just listening to it live, an entire episode. But, and then on side two, we find the, the Frankie Lee... Trickster figure and the Judas Priest restrictor figure. Find themselves. I'll have a harmonicon. Absolutely. (laughs) I'm looking forward to it.
0: To to be really, as Rob would say, on brand for a second, I will admit that one thing I put on to bring me back to 1992. Uh, was actually the Human Touch album, which even though I wrote an entire book about Bruce Springsteen's entire catalog, even I am not rocking that album very, very often. It's a good <laughs> album. It is. I mean, but but there's something about it. Like I, was I, something about it, it. It wasn't so much as listening to a Bruce album that's sort of taking me back to like when I had that cassette in my car and I switched between that and Nevermind and, and like a Public Enemy album or whatever it was. And uh, by the way, I've never seen anyone as bored on earth as when Bruce and I briefly talked about Human Touch and I, yeah, and we were, he was talking about how it was, you know, it was the wrong time because Nirvana and I was like, yeah, those were the tapes I switched in out of my car and he was like, shut the fuck up, kid. But anyway, the, the, like, <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm not interested in your personal anecdotes. But um, <laughs> but yeah, no, just, just listening to that and it, it's like the title track actually like really hits hard and they, they, the kind of like warm bath wimpiness of it actually is pretty soothing right now. So, you know, it's I, I think it, it is it is not a time for any pleasure to be guilty. Let's 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 put it that way. Uh, we got to break all glasses in case of emergency as far as
10: our pleasures right now. Absolutely, but, uh, and that means and that means every single Grateful Dead documentary. And there's like four hundred <laughs> of them. There, there's four, so I've I've spent so many hours listening to all these different documentaries. Mickey Hart giving so many versions of the same speech about it's time travel it's not music it's like you know all these documentaries they all have the same content and i'm here for it all i always they all have the scene where jerry garcia is scuba diving and there is nothing i find more comforting this week than the sight of jerry garcia scuba diving you see him undersea with his snorkel scuba scuba you can see my technical ability to talk about scuba diving is insufficient <laughs> but he goes and he, and he pets this eel on the head and and All the deep sea fish, they flock to Jerry Garcia because they can sense his benign spirit. And for some reason, it's super soothing.
0: So that is today's show. Thanks so much to Taylor Swift, to Sheryl Crow, to Stevie Nicks, to Matt Berringer, to all the Rolling Stone staff who chipped in, to Brittany Spanos and Rob Sheffield. Everyone out there again, please stay safe. Please stay healthy. Please stay at home. We'll all just have to get through this together. We'll be here next week on SiriusXM's volume, channel 106. In the meantime, as always, we are a podcast. Download us as a podcast. Subscribe to us as a podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Maybe even now that you have so much free time, leave us a nice review on iTunes. But as always, thanks for listening, and we will see you next week.